В имя Отца и Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. Христос воскрес! Христ is risen! So you heard two sets of readings. The one that is uh, assigned for uh, baptism and the one that is assigned for this Sunday, which is the Sunday of the myrrh-bearing women. Uh, we also heard the, the first reading for the baptism was all about how we die with Christ in baptism in order to rise with him to a new life that is uh, free of sin. Now, is it going to be totally free of sin? No. Because we're weak. But it is free of the fundamental sin. And that is the sin of totally turning away from God. What we struggle with all of our lives is idolatry. Now you might think, what is he talking about? We're in the 21st century. Uh, what idolatry? We don't have idols anymore. Do we not? We have plenty of idols. People make idols of their careers. People make idols of their contacts, their friends. People make idols of political and social ideologies. Well, there is plenty of that right now. People make idols of just about anything that is not the living God. And whenever we put anything else in the center of our life, we are making the most grave mistake possible. We are, at that moment, uh, turning against God and nature at the same time. Because there is, there is no plant on earth that will not find the sun somehow. Because that's where life comes from. But even though we think of ourselves as the apex predators, the top of the food chain, the ones that rule the earth, we don't have the wisdom of a, of a tree or a bush or a flower or a vine. We turn away from the one source of life. That is our sin. And we hurt ourselves and we hurt others. That's why the first anointing that Alexander received was, we call it the oil of gladness, but it is really a kind of a healing. Healing from all of our sins. Because every time I sin, I have no idea how far the repercussions of my sin will go. If I get angry at one person, that person might then blow up uh, at someone else. Oh, driving on the highway, a little highway rage. And then the person who got beeped at and yelled at and cut off on the highway, that person comes to work and is nasty towards their co-workers. And they go home and they take it out on their families. 
And our sins are not just one-time events. They have ripples, ripple effects. And that's why we have to cut the evil off of Alexander, the evil that surrounds him in this world. Not just somebody's evil, but my evil and yours. And then we had to give him a new life. We baptized him into the death of Christ in order that he might rise with Christ to a new life. And how appropriate this is the Paschal season. We are celebrating the passion and resurrection of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. What more appropriate time is there to be baptized, chrismated, and then to receive the body and blood of our risen Lord? Well, Alexander will be the first one to receive today when it comes time for communion. He will receive only a drop of the precious blood um, and he will receive it with a different formula than adults receive it. For adults, we say, the servant of God, Alexander, receives the most precious and pure body and blood of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and for life everlasting. Amen. But we're realistic. For little kids, we say, taste and see how good the Lord is. Sprobuj i pobacz, jaki dobry We have a grandson who's uh, two and a half years old. And <clears throat> when we were up in Flagstaff, that's where they live, uh, I, w I, you know, I am so weak nowadays that I can't actually celebrate a whole divine liturgy by myself without Father Deacon David. So what I did was the typical service, which is a communion service. It's a, it, it, it is uh, similar to the Divine Liturgy, but it's uh, much more brief. And it's what I can do. And I gave him a Holy Communion. And for the next few weeks, he was going around to all kinds of people and saying, taste and see how good the Lord is. He understood perhaps better than some of us do. Well, actually, I don't really understand, I have to admit. I don't understand how bread and wine can become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But he said that it was. And I trust him. Because no one <clears throat> has given up his life for me the way that he has. He's not only given me life, but when I messed it up, he gave me new life that is everlasting. And he promised to make me an adopted son of God. See, a lot of people think that what life is all about is to get to heaven, which they imagine as this gated community up there somewhere. 
and it's got a security guard named Peter who decides who gets in and who doesn't. And uh, the idea is to get into God's neighborhood. But that's wrong. Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many dwellings. And St. Paul makes it explicit for us that God is going to make us adopted sons and daughters of God. Not like Jesus is. He is the son by essence. But we will be sons and daughters by adoption. Now, my father was adopted. My, my grandfather was a priest. And during the 1918-1919 worldwide flu pandemic, a real pandemic that wiped out between 50 and 100 million people, um, he was confessing people. He got sick himself. They told him to stay in bed. But then uh, a, another scourge hit the city of Ternopil. This time it was typhus and typhoid fever, both of those. In addition to the influenza, people were dying. And they came and begged him to hear confessions. My grandmother begged him to not get out of bed because the doctors said he had to remain in bed. But he said to her, Zanyo, yes, I'm a priest, Zanyo. I, I have to go. And so he did. And uh, he got pneumonia, and three days later, he was dead. And so my father was born three months after that. He was born as a half-orphan. And uh, after a few years, a man who loved my grandmother uh, married her. And she said, now you will have a stepson. And he said, I don't want a stepson. I'm going to adopt him. Because I want him to know that he was chosen. He's not an accident in my life. I love him. He belongs to me. That's the kind of adoption we're talking about. Господь Бог хоче нас усиновити, щоб ми з ним жили як члени Його сім'ї святої, щоб ми знали, що Він, що він є наш отець, наш батько, так само, як Ісуса батько, що ми є брати і сестри Господа Ісуса Христа, сини so that's the destination that we have before us. But you know, once you join a family, if you're adopted, you've got to act like you're part of the family. You can't act like a stranger. You have to adopt the habits of that family. You have to take on their virtues. 
You have to live the way that family lives. Alexander today is doing the wise thing. He's sleeping through this sermon. Um, as probably most everyone wants to, but you're afraid that I can see you. He doesn't care. He's sleeping in the knowledge that everything's going to be good. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. As a matter of fact, being a Christian is becoming harder and harder in this world. But it's going to be good. Once you have that destination clear in your mind where you're going, then uh, the GPS, God's positioning system, will get you there. And, you know, there are many, many ways to get there. And when we stray, he whispers into our hearts, proceed to root. And we get there with a lot of twists and turns, and we take the wrong exits, and we uh, see a garage sale sign, and our attention deficit disorder takes over, and we go and chase after something else, but then something reminds us where we're headed. And that's why we're here. Because that's where we are going. And we want Alexander to go with us. We might not all arrive at the same time. Chances are we won't, unless somebody decides to bomb this place. Uh, but we will all meet there together, children of the same father, adopted children, true, but loved just like his son by essence is loved. Today's uh, gospel about uh, the myrrh-bearing women is a wonderful gospel because you would think that these women, after Jesus had been crucified, would have kind of given up on him, right? Well, that was nice while it lasted. But you see, they realized that Jesus wasn't just some nice guy who got nailed they realized that there was something more there. And so they went to anoint him. And we anointed Alexander today. Joseph of Arimathea had wrapped him in a fine linen cloth, as we have done with Alexander today. When they got to the tomb, they did not see Jesus, but they saw an angelic figure dressed all in white. And I see one right here, sleeping. And he told them, why, why are you looking for Jesus here? He is risen. He told you. Uh, but either they weren't listening like all of the disciples, or in the stress 
of what had happened in the last few days, they had forgotten. But they were told, go and tell his disciples that he is risen and he will go before you to Galilee. And they, this is the wonderful part, the gospel ends, and they went and they were, and they told nobody because they were afraid. But God will not be thwarted by human weakness. So there were other ways that the disciples were to find out. Um, Jesus himself came to them. That's what we celebrated last week on the Sunday of St. Thomas. And uh, Jesus showed them that in the resurrection, he has a different kind of body. And in our resurrection, we will have a different kind of body. You know, if our Lord were to uh, propose to me, Andri, you can live forever the way you are. I'd have to think long and hard about that because I'm not in very good shape. Living forever in my current condition is not an attractive proposition. So, St. Paul explains to us that when we rise, we will be in glorified bodies like Jesus' risen body. And we will be able to do things that we can't even conceive of now. And the fact that we will be material will be in no way in conflict with the fact that we are also spiritual. God made us as composite beings of body and spirit. That is God's will. And so the intermediate state that we will go into after the separation of body and soul, that is not our destiny. Our destiny is to rise and have physical bodies that will no longer be subject to corruption, to decay, to disintegration and in which we will have control over every molecule. And this is why our Lord enters into us at a cellular level, at a molecular level, when we consume his body and drink his blood. That's what the metabolism does for us. You are what you eat said Ludwig Feuerbach, man ist was man ist. But he probably never conceived of what this really implies. We are, when we receive Holy Communion, we have life in us. That life of the risen Lord. And so even though we don't understand how God could become a human being, be perfectly, still remain God, and perfectly be a human being. We don't understand how 
this bread and wine can become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It kind of still looks like bread and wine, but at the same time, it is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't understand how God can be perfectly one and yet be three persons. But we understand one implication of that. If God is not the ultimately alone one, as Islam would have it, if our ultimate destiny is not dissolution into the world soul where we cease to be ourselves, it, it, as Hinduism would have it, if our destiny is not to achieve non-duality where we lose our personhood as Buddhism would have it, but in Christianity, because there are three persons who are one God, we are invited to be extra persons in that same divine life. That's what our adoption into Christ really means. So today we celebrate. There is always room for one more. And uh, Alexander has his place forever. Unless he openly renounces uh, the Lord, the Lord will always find ways to bring him to that goal. So let's celebrate that fact now. <clears throat> We will go directly to the Cherubic uh, hymn, Mecheruvimu, and we will continue uh, the divine liturgy. So, uh, 